You are listening to We Woke Up Like This, and I am your host, Joya Sosnowski. I am dedicated to the soul's growth and seeing the higher self embodied, expanded, and expressed in every woman. Enjoy the show. Hello, beautiful lights and souls. Reverend Joya here to help you live your best vibe. And my voice is a little wonky still from last week. I went to the eWomen Network Icon Conference in Dallas where I was so, <laughs> so humbled and grateful and blessed beyond measure to be on a stage, one, doing a panel on mindset with two absolutely brilliant women. So there I am in the middle, sandwiched in the middle with my absolutely brilliant <laughs> insights as well. And it was so grateful. I was so grateful. It was so just um, out of this world, amazing. And then Saturday, I did a sound bath on the main stage for five hundred women. And again, boy, I put myself into a lot of practice that whole week to be in that space, to hold that space on Saturday morning, because I know the power of sound. I know what sound does. I know how powerful it is. It's not just receiving a sound bath, right? It's vibrational medicine. It's energy. And I am fully aware that my intentionality gets imprinted onto that field that I'm putting out with sound. So aware of that. And so my practice is to empty myself of myself before I have a big event like that, because I don't want anything in me to be transmitted. I want source creator God to be transmitted through the light, the love, the power, the creative juice, the force, <laughs> all of that to come through. And in doing that, it creates the space that it's not me who's putting forth my intentionality into the field, but that it becomes an open experience, an open space for vibration, an open space so that the people receiving can tune into that feeling of open space and they have a safe open space now to go within themselves and see what arises. And what people shared with me afterwards really took my breath away and really puts me in the space of just humble, reverent gratitude for what I do, for how I'm showing up, what I'm doing in the world with sound and realizing that all of the things that I know and that I've learned intellectually through my mind matter and they don't matter. Because it's like, it's almost like I had to go through all of this learning and learning and learning to unlearn everything I learned. <laughs> and that's what this podcast episode and this YouTube video are going to be about today. Because the world of information, you guys, you have all the information you could ever want at your fingertips. Gone are the days where you have to seek out a guru. Gone are the days where somebody has to share what they know with you because anything you want to know, any curiosity, any question that bubbles up, you can ask ChatGPT or Bard. 
and they'll give you an answer. They'll give you the answer. So all the information you could ever want, all the information you could ever want is at your fingertips. Just ask the questions. What is enlightenment? What is awakening? How do I awaken? How do I meditate? Anything. What are the, the four Buddhist qualities and the eightfold path? What is it? The four, fourfold process, I think, and the eightfold path. What are the B attitudes? What are the hermetic principles? And how do they apply to life now? There's so many questions that can be answered at, the, at your fingertips. So this is not about information. This is about transmission. This is about being. This is about becoming. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It matters who you're being while you're doing it. And so this is really this work. This work is the, is the dismantling of the belief systems. And you can't do that through the head. You can do that with sound. You can do that with your voice. You can do that with, through meditation. There's lots of paths up that mountain, but they all involve practice. You have to walk to get to the top of the mountain. You can't just see it and wish yourself there. You have to be willing to do the work. And what is the work? What does it mean when someone says, are you doing the work? It means are you doing the work to become super honest with yourself? Are you doing the work to be transparent? Are you doing the work to know who you are? Are you doing the work to know what your flaws are? Are you doing the work to know where your shortcomings are? Are you doing the work to admit these things? Because when you admit these things, you take away their power because you're no longer projecting them onto other people. You're no longer trying to fulfill your ow or mask yourself with this false persona that you want other people to think you are. Instead, you start being about it. You start being about it. And one of the questions that I was asked the most at conference by women was what my spiritual practice is. What's your morning practice? What are your spiritual practices? Which I love because they're seeing now in me light. And I heard that so much too. Thank you for sharing your light. But if you see the light in me, it's because you have the light in you. This is the thing. Everything we see is a projection outwardly. Everything. So when I see the light, in me, I see the light in other people. So that means they're seeing the light in themselves, right? So my answer to what is my spiritual practice is my life. <laughs> my life. My whole life. Waking up, how I wake up, getting dressed, brushing my teeth, how I'm driving to my office, how I'm in my office, how I interact with people all day. It's all a spiritual practice because I am a spiritual being and so are you. So this work is this dismantling of all of the false beliefs that says you're an ego and you're a personality. You are what you do, right? And at a, at a business conference, a women's business conference, what's the question people ask? What do you, so what do you do? So what do you do? I don't ask that question. I don't ask that question. I ask, how do you, so how do you serve? Who are you? What's your favorite thing to do? I was listening to a talk this morning by Ram Das, 
And, you know, I've never, never listened to a whole talk by Ram Dass, I have to say. It was the first time. And I wanted to share something he said because he was talking about truth. And I loved it so much. The whole thing was about relationships, marriages, and truth. And I took a little bit of um, a little Cliff Notes version on my phone. And I want to read it because it's super important about truth, being truth, living truth, living in the transmission of truth, being in what is true. And there's only one truth, by the way. There's only one true truth. And that's that we are living expressions of source creator. So how do we want to show up in knowing that, right? When we, once we take that knowing on and we know that truth, then how do we want to live our life? Living spirit demands living truth. And living truth can be volatile. It's our niceness that we are keeping in our relationships that are keeping our relationships from being in living truth. I want to say that again, you guys. The niceness. This, I need to show up nice when there's something gnawing at you. I need to show up nice when there's something I need to say. I need to show up nice when I really want to tell you how I'm feeling. I need to show up nice when I really need to ask you to meet me halfway here. So it's our niceness that's keeping our relationships from being in living truth. Being nice will kill you when you are starving for living truth in your relationships. You can only be truthful with a person who wants to also be in truth. This is the catch 22. This is the hard part, right? We can't be truthful with a person who doesn't want to hear truth or who doesn't want to share truth or share their truth in return when you share yours. Here's what's true for me. And they can say, well, here's what's true for me. You are not allowed to force a truth on anyone who is not ready to hear truth or be true if a person wants to remain in prison. It's your moral obligation to let them stay there. You don't need to be truthful with someone. You need to be capable of being truthful with someone. That's the distinction and that's what matters. So this is so important because I hear this a lot, especially in the spiritual community and in, um, you know, in the world I am, I'm in and have always been in where I'm, I'm a wild woman, right? I am a rebel. I've always had this rebellious spark in me that I do what I want to do. I live my life how I want to live and that I prioritize my excitement for life, my zest for living and my joy. I make it a priority to have fun and play. I do. But not everybody does, right? So when we're in this realm of I need to red pill people, let's just call it that, the red pillars, right? Where I'm just going to force this truth down your throat. Well, guess what? When you try to red pill somebody, they just vomit that pill right back up. They don't want it. And so it's your obligation to honor their version of their truth because that's their version of truth and it's true for them because we are the creators of our reality here, right? There are loving ways to reveal truths and to reveal your truth. And in fact, that includes saying, here's what's true for me. And then I've, I love these conversations where I could say, here's what's true for me. And the other person says, I don't have it that way. And I've conversely, I've said that to people here. They'll be sharing something with me and not necessarily articulating it as here's my truth or here's what's true for me. 
but the there as if it's the truth, right? And I will simply say, that's not my experience. That's not true for me. That's especially not my experience when it comes to people. And I hear people saying, people are terrible. People are this people, people, people. And that's not true for me. I love people. I love people. And I see the highest good in people. I see God in people. I see the light in people. And I treat them as that's what I see. And on the flip side of that, if they don't see it, it's not my obligation and my job to make them see it. And I can't. And in fact, you can get your hand bit pretty hard when you try to do that. So it's about this mutual respect of understanding that we're all here with our own karmic patterns. We're all here as these little baby souls, these individualized drops of consciousness expressing itself, finding its way back to source. Every river, every stream <laughs> in the whole world is seeking the ocean. We were just driving the other day. I drove from Texas to back here to Arizona and we passed the Continental Divide. And, and I said, I said, what is the Continental Divide exactly? I mean, I know it's the mountain ranges, but why is it here in the desert? Like, what is that? And it's the basin. It's the, it's the dividing line between where the waters flow to the west and the waters flow to the east. Down to which ocean they go to. But all the rivers and all the creeks and all the streams are seeking the source the ocean. And ultimately, that's what we're all doing here is seeking the source. And we go about it in our own ways. And we go about it in our own path. And understanding that our life is the perfect stepping stone to get there. Because it, it reveals itself to you. Always. <laughs> that's the thing, right? It's like, I don't need to worry about how somebody receives what I'm offering. Because you're always speaking into somebody else's listening, as my bestie, Celia, likes to say. It's true. But not only are you speaking into somebody else's listening, you're speaking into somebody else's perception of reality. You're speaking into somebody else's lens. You're speaking into somebody else's filter and belief system. And unless you can open yourself up to be honest about your humanity, about your shames, those places in you that used to be shameful, unless you can open up about those spaces in you, then you're always going to be walled off. You're always going to have some projections. You're always going to have some mask that you're wearing that's not authentic, that's not in truth. Truth doesn't lie. Truth isn't sneaky. Truth doesn't hide. Truth says, oh, here I am in my naked truth, in the truth of my humanity. But beneath the truth of that humanity is the truth of my divinity. And that's the truth. And so the, the game for us is to flow through our life seeking our source. And when we realize that the source we're seeking is already us, <laughs> and that's the fun, we go, oh, I'm already it expressing itself as me. Well, how do I want to express now? And, you know, the qualities of God, of the creator, the source are power, love, intelligence, and wisdom, according to uh, my studies in divine science. Power, love, wisdom, and intelligence. So when I am attuned into that vibration of power, love, wisdom, and intelligence and ask it how it wants to live through me, believe you me, it will surprise you. But first, before it can do that, it has to clear out all the obstacles, everything in the way 
of that pure expression of form. And those things that are in the way are all of the lies, all of the false beliefs, all of the, all of the patterning, all of the false stories, all of the shames, all of the ways that we think we're different from everybody else when really we're not. And when we begin to clear those out by being super honest about it, right, that I'm like, you know what, here's my truth for me. Sometimes I don't want to be around people. Sometimes I just want to be alone and sit on my couch and munch on some chips and play video games. That's true for me. <laughs> it's my little escape. Sometimes I like to go dancing. Sometimes I have negative thoughts about people. Sometimes I'm impatient with my husband, with my kids, with other people. So no, none of us are perfect here. But the more that we can be aware of it, and laugh at ourselves and not take ourselves so seriously and think that we're the only ones who feel this way, who do these things, or if I'm doing these things or I'm feeling this way, it means I'm not a spiritual person. It means that I'm not in my divinity. No, you're always in your divinity because that's who you are. You're just being in your personality. You're just being in your ego. You're never not in your divinity. You're never not in, you're never not your nafsha your higher self flowing through in you as you. It's what you, it's what you are. That's the truth of who you are. Everything else is transient, illusory, and temporary. We're, we're, we're playing in this 3D printer world, as I call it, to learn how to hone our vibration so that we, when we ascend and we want to leave this planet, this plane of, of third dimensional reality where everything's really slow and dense and takes forever and we want to go to a higher vibrational plane of being we have to learn how to hone our vibration meaning we keep ourselves aligned with our source all the time we know it we know it's there that's no we know it's who we are it's our guiding it becomes the magnet the magnetizing force of our life that we're no longer in force of things we are now in pole we're being pulled we feel like we're being pulled toward rather than forcing ourselves toward and there's such a difference in that feeling to know and feel like your life is unfolding just like a flower does. There's no difference. And that your own life to know and have that certainty that my own life is the perfect path. It's the perfect stepping stones to my soul's growth. It's my perfect path to awakening, to awakening in my humanity that I'm divine. And then to not beat yourself up to not fall into shame, to not just recycle that crap. We, we, it's, to, it's to see it and forgive it and to go, oh my goodness, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And to have compassion. And when you're able to do that for yourself, you're able to do it for other people. And again, it's not about being perfect. It's not about being better than anybody. It's about seeing the highest in yourself and expressing that highest self through you to make manifest in the world, to make visible these beautiful qualities of power, intelligence, wisdom, love. What are we bringing forth? And I shared on another YouTube video, we're here to create the good, the holy, and the beautiful. And if you look up those words, look up the etymology of good, look up the etymology of holy, look up the etymology of beautiful. And they all point to this ability to create what's magnificent and what's, what's contagious in a good way, what spreads kindness, what spreads joy, what spreads hope, what, spe what spreads compassion, what spreads 
love, what spreads openness, what spreads humor, playfulness, lightheartedness. It's so fascinating. And one of the things that I was super blown away, blown away by at conference was that uh, a couple of different people came up to me and shared with me that they had visitations in their, in that sound bath session, they had visitations from loved ones who had passed. And like they, they were saying how real it was. They could feel their presence. They heard a message. And I can't tell you how much that rippled through my beingness in a really radical way because a I've been contemplating working with the dying becoming a midwife for death for a while now it keeps coming into my consciousness and then working with it with sound of course because one of the last senses to go when we're dying is our hearing And to know that the sounds I've made, the beautiful music that's channeled through me, has been the last thing somebody heard on their way out. It's like a smooth transition because in my own suicide attempt, I heard the music made of light. I heard the music of heaven. I know it's there. I know it's real. There's zero doubt in my mind it's real. Zero. Plus the visitations I've had from people from the other side, myself, with messages for people. And so, I, you know, in, this, in this, uh, this transmission of opening that space, I'm just so grateful and so humbled. And it really feels like the most holy, sacred work I could possibly do at this time. Because it's, you know, it's simple. Thrive while you're alive thrive while you're alive be alive while you're alive do what you love while you're alive it doesn't matter what you do it matters who you're being while you're doing whatever you're doing thrive while you're alive and have a beautiful exit just like we have baby showers we have celebrations of life but we should be having celebrations of life while the person is alive if we can and then beautiful ritual ceremonial exits that aren't so mechanical and hidden away like I was talking to my friend Celia in the car and I said you know I know exactly what I want for my this vehicle when I exit it I know what I want I want to be bathed in sacred oils I want to be wrapped in a beautiful cloth and I want to be covered in flowers and I want you to make sure you have a little smile on my face <laughs> And I want to be burned on a pyre. I want the ceremonial, the ritual aspect of returning this body, this clay suit back to the dirt from whence it came. That we share 99% of our DNA with dirt. <laughs> We're living, walking, animated clay. It's beautiful. And so to feel this feeling of um, like that's what's next and that's what's unfolding is really beautiful. It's this big convergence point in my own life. Oh my gosh, my crown chakra is tingling right now. Ooh, my whole body is tingling right now. Living well and dying well. And that our living 
is a preparation, right? We're, we're not taking life seriously lighthearted enough. <laughs> and what I mean by that is we're taking all of the things seriously that are nonsense and we're not giving any attention to the things that are serious, which is our soul's development, our soul's growth, our awakening, coming into knowing that we are source expressing itself as us, that we have this individualized consciousness that belongs to the sea of source and that we don't disappear when we die. This consciousness that I'm animated in, this suit right now in my, in my body, this body, there's a, there's a force, there's a consciousness animating me. There's a force of consciousness animating you. It's what makes your heart beat. It's what gives you breath. It's this still point of awareness. Awareness expressing itself as you, a drop, this little pinpoint of awareness that I am, a little pinpoint of awareness that you are. And that we all have this design that we came in with, right? The awareness is the awareness, but the design of the vehicle the car, the vessel, me, you, are all different because they're individuated. And I know that the design is my human design, my gene keys. This, this integrated human design that I work with is how I formulate, oh gosh, these are my values. This is what I'm good at. This is my talents. These are my interests. These are my abilities. This is my passion. This is what I'm here for. For me, it's creativity, period, creative, painting, dancing, drumming, singing, making music, all of that. I'm so creative, but that's what I came for. I came to be creative. And once we know that, then we can align our life to that, to, to reflect and live those values, that we're being that while we're doing whatever we're doing. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. It matters who you're being while you're doing what you're doing. And for us to remain open and curious and humble and grateful and be in the mystery in the day that we're in, don't spend life waiting for some big answer to the mystery. You have to live the answer to the mystery. You live the, you live the mystery. You're a living mystery. You live the answer to your prayers. You live the answer to your questions that you ask yourself. So ask yourself a better question. And don't ask, who am I? Because that can get us stuck in this loop, right? Who am I? Instead, phrase it from who am I as if you're talking to yourself in the third party and say, who do you think you are? And I can tell you right now that anyone you think you are, whatever you think you are, is not even close to what you actually are. I am loving, spacious awareness. I am God expressing itself as me. God is all of me, but I am not all of God. I am a tiny pinpoint prick of consciousness, awareness, animating this body in this lifetime for a very short while. I am here to be creative, to laugh, to play, to explore, to be in joy, and to reflect that to others. 
I'm here to be in the beauty. I'm here to create what is good, what is holy, and what is beautiful. And so are you. So what does that look like for you? For me, it comes through in sound. And sound is, for me, the key to consciousness. That whatever you want to know, whatever you want to learn, all of those intellectual inquiries, all those intellectual pursuits can be sped up, embodied, embodied knowing through sound. Utilizing sound in that way while you're in your inquiry, while you're in your meditation, while you're in your healing process helps to speed it up. Because as Jonathan Goldman said, sound plus intention equals healing. Healing is holing. Holing is holiness. <laughs> it's all so simple, and we've really overcomplicated it. So with that, my loves, I wish you healing, purpose, power, intelligence, laughter, joy, whatever your values are, whatever your design is, I wish for you to live into your design, the pureness of your design as source, expressing itself through you in that design to create the good, the holy, and the beautiful. Thrive while you're alive. Thrive while you're alive. And plan on a beautiful exit. All right, loves. I'll see you soon. Wishing you a beautiful week. Bye. Thank you for listening to We Woke Up Like This. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listened to this podcast. And feel free to send me an email, joya at vibology, V-I-B-O-L-O-G-I-E dot com for any questions, comments, or if you want to be a guest on the show. Wishing you a blessed day. Bye.